Hashtag SAFM Sound Awake. Happy Africa Day. Pleasure and a privilege to welcome our distinguished guest, Professor Tafadzwa Chinyamurindi from Forte University, as well as entrepreneur, philanthropist, and many other as she wears. Teresa Clark, good morning to you both. Good evening. Your time, Teresa. Hello, how are you? We are well, thanks. How are you? Good evening to you there. <laughs> Thank you very much. Africa Month, Africa Day. Happy Africa Day to you, ma'am. And happy Africa Day to you as well. You, you've been a busy lady doing great things in Africa. And, uh, you know, your footprint in terms of uh, developing people's ideas, pe- giving people opportunities, uh, speaks for itself. You must be excited about uh, the possibilities that are there today. Absolutely. Thank you for your kind words. Now, COVID-19, ma'am, has got us by the washings. A lot of people say this side of the equator. What's your observation in terms of where we could be? Well, I think that there's a lot of speculation still as to why it's bad in Africa, but why it's not worse. And I think that a lot of the Western media hasn't given due credit to the very aggressive um, ways in which the public health entities across the continent have taken very early and decisive action to control the virus. And so we're hoping that it doesn't get much worse in Africa and that Africa doesn't see the levels of mortality that other parts of the world have experienced. There's a lot of talk around why is it that the numbers are not as bad as in European countries? Yes, absolutely. My prof- well, I can, I, Please I can go. say that um, from, my, from my own perspective, in the month of February, I traveled to Mauritius, to South Africa, and to the United States. And when I entered both Mauritius and South Africa, there were people taking temperatures as you entered the country. And if you had a temperature, you were isolated. Um, I then traveled to the United States and walked right through JFK Airport. So I think that Africa deserves credit. Um, you know, we mustn't just speculate that the disease doesn't um, exist where it's hot or other sorts of passive matters. I think that Africa's um, Centers for Disease Control and the health ministries in each country have taken very good steps to control the, the contagion. My prof, uh, thank you for joining us. Are you well this morning? I'm well, man. I'm well and um, bright and early and uh, looking forward to the discussion. Have happy Africa Day, prof. Happy Africa Day to you as well. And the guest. You go for the jugular. You say no longer as a time to ignore African ideas. Please unpack that for us. Um, yes, and, and, and th- that's actually inspired by the song you played earlier on, Johnny Clegg and Jaluka. Yes. Um, listening to that song really just gives me goosebumps because it, 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 it really resonates with uh, me as an African who, for the better part of my academic training, has spent a lot of time in Europe and being aware of some some of the ways in which Africans uh, or the African thought process and uh, parad- uh, paradigm thinking is seen in those uh, realms sometimes really heighten the sense of uh, contribution. And I will tell you, the, 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 the highlight of it all 
was one time when I was about to prepare to defend my, uh, my doctoral uh, proposal when one of my supervisors uh, said to me, uh, I was in the UK then, um, from your work, I can just hear it just being another regurgitation of Western thought and Western ideas. Where is your, the African voice in your work? And that really made me think that, you know what, um, there's necessity to, for us as scholars to be proud to be Africans and locate our work within the continent and, and try and un, uh, unpack ideas that have resonance with African problems, not just African problems, but uh, the type of solutions that have uh, a global impact in the broader sense. I'm not just saying that Africa for Africans or solutions just for Africa. We want solutions for the world to emanate from the African continent. I, I like the idea that people will gun for your original African approach to it. But then, uh, in my experience, it ends there. Africa doesn't get to a point where her ideas are influential and are a force to be reckoned with in, in, in the world stage. True, and uh, I think a case point which we can uh, uh, flag out is the issue of the green gold, the COVID organics from Madagascar, where here is a small African nation that um, has a plant or a a herbal medicine that they are offering to the world as a a possible, uh, and and this is where fake news also comes in because... The whole idea behind that organics, COVID organics, as I read about it, is not really to say the the, the country of Madagascar is claiming for a cure. Uh, I think there is evidence to show that some of the symptoms which may be uh, evident uh, of the COVID-19 pandemic can be treated by that. um, or The the, the COVID organics responds very well to to, to, to those treatments. And, 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 And they... The small nation of Madagascar feels undermined because I think up to this point, some people had never heard of Madagascar. So here is this world then trying to say, well, uh, let's put it under the, 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 the lens of science to try and see what's happening. And, and this is also something that we as Africans should also try and do, that we, we should not uh, wallow to think that because we are small, because we're this continent yeah. that has for long been reduced to be this dark continent ideas cannot emanate from from this continent and i also i now hear Mantla, that uh, the madagascar government has gone into signing confidentiality clauses with the world health organization to try and see their product actually get tested to see if it can have um, a solution to the challenge or that we have before us Mm, that confidentiality worries me a bit, but uh, that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um, Teresa, when you hear confidentiality clause, I mean, our president at some point was saying that uh, if there ever is going to be a cure, uh, th- there should be no patents. It should be available for everybody. Doesn't that worry you? Well, I think that at this moment in time, we are testing the limits of the law of business and society because we have a problem that is global. Every country and every person on this planet is touched by this. And yet we also see a lot of protectionism where people close their borders in order to protect themselves. And so it's a time when we need to, you know, all the television commercials say we're all in this together. 
and we are in this together, um, but at the same time, people are, are trying to figure out how to survive. So, so I think that it's going to challenge a lot of traditional notions in order for us to find the right solutions. We have to have partnerships across national lines. We have to have partnerships between government and become pri um, private sector because neither side can do it on their own. I think that many different organizations and entities and people and nations that have not worked together in the past have to lock arms in order to, to proceed. We are celebrating Africa Day, different circumstances. What does this mean going forward? Prof? It means a lot. Uh, it means we need to reimagine a, a new world. We need to come up with solutions that address the glaring holes and gaps that we have seen because of uh, the, the, the pandemic. Um, for me, it's, it's a call to action. It's a call to say, my life has changed. Um, I'm not enjoying some of the issues and things that I deemed comfortable. Uh, I must also be part of saying, what do I do thereon? And um, as an academic, it might mean that I have to have contingency plans in how I teach in terms of not just the face-to-face -face delivery, but also online delivery. As a human being, it means I must also look out for others because what um, the situation has also revealed is the, the widening gap between those who have and those who don't have. So I think for me, it's positioning a reimagined Africa and a reimagined world that will never be the same. I, I say this to some of my colleagues that we are probably leaving through a period of history that one day this will be documented to, to, to the world and we will say we lived through this. And I want to be part of the process of a, of a better world than one which just enjoys the heightened sense of being part of this historical moment. Uh, Teresa, this is what you're passionate about at uh, iAfrica.com. Vis-a-vis, uh, you have what you call the land stand. Yes, and, um, and I just should point out, while we own iAfrica.com, our parent company, we, our main business is Africa.com. So we have Africa.com and iAfrica. Oh, yes, yes. But we're, we're very excited about what we're doing this coming Wednesday. Um, we have been running a crisis management for African business leaders webinar series for the last six weeks. This will be our seventh week, and we are... We've partnered with faculty from Harvard Business School to deliver a series of programs to help those in the private sector navigate through these turbulent waters. And we have about 20,000. It's the largest ever convening of the private sector in Africa. We have about 20,000 registrants for this program. Um, we meet for two hours on Wednesday afternoon. We have people from 123 countries around the world, 46 countries in Africa, and 77 countries throughout the world. And the topic for this Wednesday was to focus on innovations, brilliant African innovations against COVID-19. And as we started to look at the format and look at the number of people coming forward who we, we'd identified a handful that we wanted to showcase, but once we announced it, we heard many, many more. 
So we've actually turned it into a dragon's den or shark tank, whatever you want to call it, style. Um, <laughs> ours is called Lion's Den uh, to get the African imagery there. And we will have a number of entrepreneurs pitch their ideas um, in terms of what they have created for uh, for conquering COVID-19 in various forms and fashions. So some of the types of products that people have developed are, um, you know, very low cost and faster COVID-19 tests than what is available or has been produced elsewhere in the world. Um, there is a self-screening x-ray product that has come out of Uganda. Um, Tunisia also has a very fast and cheap lung x-ray scanning process that can be used associated with a phone. Um, there are some entrepreneurs from South Africa who have created 3D medical masks um, there are others who have created a chat bot coming out of Ghana that allows people to diagnose whether they have COVID-19 or not using artificial intelligence. So all of these entrepreneurs and others will be presenting for a prize um, on Africa.com's webinar series. Um, that'll be Wednesday at 1600 hours um, South Africa time, and if you're interested, you can register at virtualconferenceafrica.com, virtualconferenceafrica.com, and the winners will receive a prize of cash, a modest prize, um, but they will also receive mentoring from a Harvard Business School professor in entrepreneurial, um, in entrepreneurial finance, and they will also receive a media package to raise their profile, and that's all in addition to being exposed to this large audience of very senior leaders who participate in this conference every week. And so we hope to help these young entrepreneurs get access to funding, get access to relationships, get access to exposure that can help them take their ideas as far as possible so that they can benefit the world in, in the ways that they are um, imagining. Uh, Prof, uh, you know, hearing what uh, Teresa has just shared, it, it, it must excite you, given the fact that in such a short space of time, uh, you know, our creatives and entrepreneurs have come up with workable ideas that uh, can revolutionize how we deal with this pandemic. It must uh, really put a smile on your face. It, it does, and, and I commend the, the work that Teresa and the, the other colleagues are doing. Um, and based testimony, I guess, to necessity uh, breeds innovation because we, we, all of us are now united around this common challenge to try and find uh, solutions uh, to, to this challenge. And, and I think if I could also bring an angle, which I think uh, going forward, uh, which is some of the work we are trying to do on decent work, particularly looking at the informal economy, because if you travel much of our continent, uh, there's a growing informal economy which some would even say is a parallel economy to most national economies of, of, the, African con of the African countries on the African continent. And um, uh, part and parcel of uh, the, the work we are trying to also do is to start and say, how do we also get to that economy? Uh, the, the guy who sells uh, stuff by the corner of the street who would like to be part and parcel of the conversations around a solution to, to, to the challenge before us, not necessarily related to COVID alone, but uh, the way the world is going to have to respond to the effect of or the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. Any ideas from your end on the table, Prof, in terms of how we can really deal with this COVID-19? 
Well, one of the things I think we, we, we should be talking about, bearing in mind the importance of, um, of the informal economy. I'll give you an example. When you, when you travel to a country like Uganda and you land at Entebbe Airport, your journey between um, Entebbe to Kampala, you are greeted by these um, informal traders who are working by the side of the road. And, and, and in, in, our, in the work we do when we travel and interact with some of these traders, we, we are aware of the challenge that they have of recognition because it's not a, a trade or a, a, an industry that is taken seriously um, for obvious reasons that some people would frame in the informal economy really as just a, a survivalist type of economy that's just there to help the the entrepreneur, and they, they have been questions to actually call uh, informal traders entrepreneurs. So I think there must be a unified call of coming together of um, that sector for recognition. Um, I mean, you have to look at what we are trying to do in this country around uh, stimulus packages to try and help small businesses, and uh, much of it does not arrive to informal traders. So the coming together of that economy to actually say that we are here, we do offer employment to uh, people, we do offer and contribute one way or the other to the growth and the development of the country. And uh, training happening in that economy to try and assist uh, the informal traders around the way they work, around, uh, as Teresa was talking about, innovation. How do we get those types of wonderful packages from Harvard or from Yale or whoever will be offering them to benefit that little guy who's on the street. And that's where the challenge comes in. And a key to this are collaborations and partnerships. Absolutely. Teresa, obviously, um, talking about um, innovation and entrepreneurship, one then starts talking about uh, intellectual property. How do we work in that space, the protection of intellectual property? Obviously, people getting creative, providing a solution, but also um, living from it and earning from it and growing to innovate a bit more. Well, you ask a very good question. And um, I would say come join us again for our webinar on June 3rd when we're going to be talking with Harvard Law School professor David Wilkins and a number of law um, legal luminaries from across the continent about this whole issue of how the law plays into the moment in which we are living in the moment. For for example, um, there are any number of contracts that are being broken as a result of COVID-19. You know, things have changed since people signed on to perform whatever it might be from a commercial standpoint. How do lawyers help you know, you, you're talking about specifically about intellectual property, which is a very important piece of this puzzle. But there's so many other pieces to this puzzle. You know, so for example, look at where the, uh, you know, I think as we talk about what we hope for for Africa going forward, the African Continental Free Trade Agreement has been a very important piece of what we hope will bring Africa greater prosperity in the future. 
And yet this is a moment where even though Africa has had a very different view than the rest of the world relative to protectionism, as people want to protect their borders, they're closing those borders. And so it puts the African Free Trade um, Continental Agreement on the back burner until people can figure out whether they really want people to come into their country or not. And what role do lawyers have? What role does the law have in sorting out um, these sorts of challenges that, that we're facing? So I hope that... Um, we will be exploring those and, and other related topics regarding law on, on June 3rd. Yeah, I hope as well that, you know, as you navigate to that space, uh, also, you know, we are mindful of for the many people who are losing their jobs uh, to say, let's mitigate and, you know, protect rights and, you know, intellectual property so that businesses can grow and people can be active uh, players in the economy as well. As Prof said, you know, I think that I think of this COVID-19 as a truth serum. Um, it's forcing us to deal with many truths that were the case before the pandemic hit, and so it is a point to the vulnerability of the poor people in the informal sector right across the continent. It's the difference between men and women. It's the difference between white and black. It's the difference between those with upper income who travel around the world and those who don't. It's a difference between the knowledge economy and the working economy. All of these divisions and the ways in which our world has been polarized and there are inequities, you know, whether it's from the United States where we've seen that, you know, I think it is in the city of St. Louis, um, you know, the only people, I don't know if it's still true today, but as of a few weeks ago, there were in dozens, if not hundreds of deaths in the city of St. Louis in the United States, and every single death was a black person. There wasn't a single white person who had died. And so we're seeing how this disease is showing how access to medical care is different across income strata, et cetera. Yes. So, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, it, it will force the world to wake up to a lot of realities and that we will have to work on addressing the, the social injustices. Prof, you think we're up to the challenge? I think, I think this is a continent of endless possibilities. I think there is um, a necessity for us to come together and put all our efforts and uh, be united around this uh, tragedy and uh, be part of the solution. I think we are up for it. There needs to be political will. Uh, I think part and parcel of the political will we're talking about is to see how, even in this country, uh, our government has rallied and put a lot of effort. The mistakes have been made in the president's acknowledgement, but they, some of the aspects of service delivery, which have taken communities a long time prior to the COVID-19 through protest and burning and, you know, uh, have sh the, the government has come to the table wonderfully and said we will be part of the solution to try and help. So um, the, the, the challenge going on from here is to say uh, what are we going to do as a combined effort to try and come together because of this challenge, tragedy it is. I like your thinking both. I really, really like it. Uh, Teresa, how do we get hold of you? Because I'm looking at your website there, uh, a, a judging panel, a solid uh, judging panel for the Lions Den this uh, 27th of May. How do people get in touch and register? 
virtualconferenceafrica.com. One word, virtualconferenceafrica.com, and you can register. And, yes, thank you for noticing our judging panel. We're really pleased to have – and I should just be very clear about one thing, and that is that the um, winners are going to be evaluated on the basis of their impact for COVID-19. It's not a typical business plan competition where we're looking at how much money could be made. Yes. It's really just focusing on the impact. And we have the head of Google Nigeria as a judge – from South Africa, we have Andile Ngaba, the founding partner and chairman of Convergence Partners. I think many people know him in the innovation space. Eric Osiakwan, um, a venture capitalist from Ghana. And Adrian Vermouten, who heads the digital for the Africa regions of Standard Bank. So just come to virtualconferenceafrica.com. And if you have an idea, the deadline is uh, 2359 tonight, South Africa time. If you have another entrepreneurial or creative innovation that you'd like to submit, you can submit it up until 2359. And for those who want to watch the competition, you can register to uh, watch it there. So virtualconferenceafrica.com is a hub where everything happens. Let me take this opportunity and thank you both. Uh, I, I like the energy you give us. You know, you're uh, re- rejuvenating us a little bit on a Monday to say there are opportunities and that there is creativity and there are ideas, ideas that can propel us to the next phase. Also, when people talk about the, the fourth industrial revolution, maybe that plays into that. Professor, many thanks. We'll find you on the university's website. Eh? Thank you. Yes, yeah, the University of Forte website and also the South African Academy of uh, Young Scientists. Fantastic stuff. Let me thank you, thank you both and wish you a fabulous Africa Day and a fabulous Monday. Thank you for having us. It was nice to meet you, Prof, and it was nice to meet you, Madla. Thank you so much. Good to be we'll, we'll, we'll see you on the webinar. Wonderful. Please come. Lovely. Thank you. That's uh, Teresa Clark from uh, iAfrica.com. Webinar on the 27th. And, of course, uh, Professor Atafazwa Chinyamorindi from uh, Forte University. Hashtag SAFM Sound Awake.